Well, good morning, everyone. Almost good afternoon. We're close to that time slot in our day. But again, I just want to welcome everybody here to Eastside City Church. My name is Pastor Todd, along with my wife, Jan. We are the lead pastors here at Eastside City Church, and we are just so, so blessed that you are here today. And again, I'm excited about today. I'm excited that we get to honor, or we are honoring our volunteers, because as it has been stated, the last year and a half, almost two years, has been unlike anything we've ever experienced in our life. And so there's a lot of, what do we do? How do we do it? People have kind of been nervous about church. Some are excited about church. But I'll tell you what, we couldn't do what we're doing without dedicated volunteers that have still been able to serve. And so again, I want to thank you. I want to tell you how much I appreciate what you give to make Eastside City Church such a special place, a great community, and a wonderful family. Let's give all of our volunteers a hand here today. Amen. Awesome. And I want to thank everybody last week for coming out to our Sunday, our Eastside City Church picnic. It was awesome. The weather couldn't have been more perfect for that day. It wasn't too hot. It wasn't too cold. It wasn't windy. Uh, and just a lot of great activities for our kids. And just, uh, I just thought our church family, it was really needed. There's a lot of people that I saw that hadn't met people or hadn't seen people for a while. They were able to get together. And we're going to look uh, to figure out ways to creatively do that uh, in this next season because I still believe that the church is called to be together. We're called to be family. It's what God has for us. I want to share this as well. As I was preparing this week, I felt the Lord put a word in my heart uh, just to share with people. And it's this, and I'm going to talk even more about this in my message, but I just heard God saying, he wants you to understand he is bigger. God is bigger. In fact, I hear him saying, I am bigger. Todd, tell, tell people, tell the people, I am bigger. God is greater than any enemy. God is greater than any challenge, greater than any difficulty. Your God is bigger. He is greater. And I believe there's somebody here today that needed to hear that. And it probably was actually me. <laughs> because, you know, this last week I started our series. Our series that we're in right now is called You Are Here. Because I believe this, that in order for us to go where God wants us to go in our lives, we first have to, off have to know where we're at right now. Where am I at? Where am I at when it comes to my feelings about my relationship with God? Where am I at when it comes to how, how I'm viewing the world around me? Where am I at in all these things? We've got to know where we're at so we can go to where God wants us to go. And one of the things I shared at last week to begin that series, I really felt for the state of the church and a lot of people, I talked about unity, how I believe that unity the Bible says is where God releases his blessing and that people need more blessing. But as far as the church is at, we have never been more divided or fractured because of all of the different things that we're facing in the world. And that God doesn't call us to just focus on our dividing points, but we have a mission from God to see people come to know Jesus and to experience who he is in their lives. Can I hear an amen for that? And so as I preached last week about unity, I felt myself being challenged about unity. Isn't that funny how that works? That I was struggling with certain things, feelings I was having, difficulties. And what God just dropped into my heart, Todd, I'm bigger than all this stuff. I'm bigger for you. I'm bigger for each person that's here. I'm bigger for everybody. If they will embrace that, that I am bigger. Hallelujah. Well, I want to start off today by reading a scripture to you that, that I feel like is, is something that will hopefully bring some 
life, some comfort to you as we begin our message today. And it's in Psalms 23, very uh, common scripture for a lot of people. And for those that maybe it isn't, it's a, a, something that I believe will bring peace to your heart. And here's what it says. I'm going to read out of the New King James Version. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Let's pray here today. Father God, I want to say thank you today for this great opportunity to be able to speak your word. Lord, it's your word that changes everything. It's your word that we can park our lives on. And Lord, I pray as we discuss your word today, I pray that you would open our eyes to see, Pastor Jan was talking about that today, our ears to hear, and our hearts to receive, Father God, everything that you have for us. Lord, we know that we need more of you in our lives, and so we ask you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to start off by sharing a story with you today. And when Jan and I were first married, like many young married couples, we had a very, very small apartment that we, we lived in. I believe the apartment was maybe a little bit more than 400 square feet. It couldn't have been much bigger than that. Uh, it had just a small, tiny kitchen, a bathroom. It had a storage closet. It had a, my, a, a very small living room and a bedroom. That was our whole life experience. And when you're first married, you do those things because not a whole lot matters. You're in love. You've got each other. Life is good. You find a way to make it, make it work. And, and so that's what we had. But I want to tell you a little bit about this apartment that we lived in because it'll, it'll bring context to the story. It was an older type of a building. In fact, it had the old radiator style heating. You know what I'm talking about? Now, some of you young people maybe have never seen that. It's where they have pipes that go through every room, and the way that it's heated is that water is heated up, and when you turn those babies on, they clank, and they bang, and they pop, and they sizzle, and it's, it's quite a thing. You can think things are alive in your, your house that aren't really there. Um, so when I moved to Canada, that was the first place that we lived. Now, I, I shared with you last week that I, I, I'm not originally from Canada. I was born uh, in the U.S., and a month before I got married, I moved here. I've been here almost 20 eight years now. I've been 27 years. Jan and I have been married. But a month before we got married, I moved in uh, to our apartment. And, and then uh, one of the things I wanted to do when I was here is I wanted to play hockey. I wanted to learn how to play hockey. I mean, isn't that pretty Canadian? I mean, let's, let's go for it. So I knew how to skate, sort of. And I knew how to, uh, you know, do a, a few things with, uh, it, you know, I was athletic. And so I kind of tried to play hockey. And what I did is I joined this men's League that was more of like a shinny hockey league. It wasn't super serious, but you know they had you know guys that knew how to play hockey uh, that were were there. In fact, one of the guys was Mike Civic, who was a linesman in the NHL for a lot of years. It only took him like three strides to go down the ice and back. He was he's a giant of a human being. But we play every Friday night from 11 at night till 12:30 in the morning. Come on, you know I was young. It didn't matter. And so usually when I'd come home. Usually when I'd come home um, and I opened the door, there, my wife would be asleep. But this one night I came home and I noticed that every light was on in our house or apartment. And I was like, whoa, this is kind of crazy. Maybe this is kind of cool. I mean, 
Maybe my wife wants to hear about my hockey game tonight. She wants to talk about that. Yeah, that's, that's it. Or maybe she's just like missed me and just, you know, we're newly married, we're young. It was just like maybe she just was waiting up for me and all. As I, as I opened the door, I was like, had all these thoughts. And, and then I realized it was none of those things at all. Because when I came around the corner after I came in the door, I noticed standing on the couch was my wife with a frying pan in one hand and a spoon in the other. Now, it wasn't for me. Come on, I want you to understand that. I wasn't in trouble this time. That's, there's other stories about that. But this time, she was standing on the couch with the frying pan in her hand and the, and the spoon in the other, and she, she says to me, do you see it? Do you see it? And I was like, do I see what? She goes, there's a giant mouse in our apartment. Find him, find him, get rid of him. And so I looked and I searched and eventually I saw scurrying across the radiator pipe between the different apartments was a mouse that was about this big. He was so small, I almost missed him. But yet to my wife, whew, he was giant, he was ginormous. Needless to say, we figured out how to deal with him and took care of that issue. But today, it leads into what I really want to talk about today that I think is something each one of us is experiencing in different measures and different places, places in our life. Today, I want to talk about how to be free from the giant of fear, the stronghold of fear. I, I believe that right now, fear is running rampant in people's lives. With the Delta variant of covid at the forefront of both healthcare and politics. I want to say this. This is not hyperbole. Never in my lifetime has the spirit of fear loom larger in everyday people's lives. I, I believe that. I believe that people are literally afraid of a lot of things. I believe there are people that are afraid of sickness and even death. I think there is fear for certain people of, of other people and other groups of people. <laughs> I think there's a fear that people are going to lose their jobs or come to financial ruin. I think there's fear of government control and loss of freedoms. I believe there's people that are afraid of the long-term implications of responses surrounding what we're dealing with. I believe that people are scared, incredibly scared. And maybe today as you're sitting here, you're listening to me at home in your, in your room, in your living room or your bedroom, or you're sitting here in this auditorium, maybe today you're feeling scared. Well, I want to help you today. I believe God wants to help you. You see, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-control or a sound mind. See, the problem with fear, and we've got to start off by talking about this. Why, why is fear so dangerous? Is the problem with fear is that it distorts our perceptions of everything. When we're afraid... We're not properly able to see anything but our fear. And it, and, it, and, it, and it changes the way that we see those things that are around us. And we also, if we're not careful, can miss truth. You see, fear magnifies the things that we're afraid of. So that fills our whole area of focus, blocking out other important truth. You see, the mouse in our house became bigger than life. I don't know if you've experienced this. I have a couple... Family members that are afraid of bugs. Maybe you're afraid of bugs. I can't tell you how many spiders I've been told, Dad, 
Oh, sorry. Dad, honey, come and get this. The spider's bigger than my hand. And you go and you look at it, and it's like, no, I don't think so. (laughs) Now, I've actually, when I was on a missions trip, had a shower with a spider that was as big as my hand. Now, for some of you right now, your skin just went whoop. (laughs) You see, when we allow fear to grow unchallenged, it grows bigger and bigger, consuming our view of reality. In fact, the fear becomes our reality or the mechanism by which we filter everything else through it. Have you ever been around somebody that's consumed by fear? I'm not just talking about that's a little bit afraid, but they are just, they are afraid of something. You see, because it floods their thoughts and it fills their conversations, it becomes their solitary focus. And I, and I say this, when fear begins to take root, it begins to fill the things that we talk about. The Bible says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, not only do they share their fear with you, but they look for you to support their fear. They look for you to say, do, do, don't you see that? Don't you see it that way too? And, and, and here's what's crazy, and I see it happening. They become fear evangelists. Why? Because it infiltrates their belief system. You have to understand this. When we're talking about fear, it's a very powerful thing, and it wants more people to believe the same way that they believe. You see, because unhealthy fear, we need, I want to start off by saying this right now today. It's just not something that's going on in your head or your mind. It's actually a spiritual thing, manipulated by a dark spirit. Because it is a demonic Spiritual being, it demands worship. It wants people to worship the fear. And it becomes all-consuming if allowed to grow. Now, when I was growing up, I had a relative that was completely terrified of flying on airplanes. They were an incredible person. They were fun to be around, except when you got on the topic of flying. Because it had been, it was a stronghold in their life. Now we would we would begin to fear. <laughs> sounds funny. Every time a plane would have an emergency landing or worse yet crash, I would cringe because then everyone for the next few months would be required to listen to sermons on the dangers of flying. It impacted them. Now, as I talk about fear, we need to understand there are healthy fears that we can have. And we need to be able to differentiate between a healthy fear and an unhealthy fear. A healthy fear is this. Don't jump off buildings. If you're afraid of, uh, if you get on a building and you're thinking about jumping off of it and all of a sudden you have a thought like, maybe I shouldn't do that, that would be a, a bad idea, that's a good fear. Or if you're like, look, there's a big fire, I just want to run through it, that's a good idea not to do that. Or how about this? You're, I, I watch people do this. I don't think they had healthy fear. Um, you see bear cubs and you want to go cuddle with them. Mm. Don't do that. Mama bear will hurt you. Will damage you. When you jump off a building, gravity will win. You see, the difference between a healthy fear and an unhealthy fear is whether it consumes your life or it hinders you from living. 
You see, when you look at a, a, a something that you, you know, you shouldn't maybe dive into that river where the water is flowing at, it seems like 30 kilometers an hour, 100 kilometers an hour. That's a momentary thing. Now it doesn't consume your life. But what I'm talking about today is a fear that begins to just fill you and flood you and consume you and, and, it, and it takes apart everything that you are dealing with. It just begins to flood you. I believe unhealthy fear restricts people from experiencing freedom, the freedom to love, the freedom to laugh, the freedom to be present in the everyday moments with family and friends, the freedom even to walk through challenges knowing that they are not the end of you. You know, unhealthy fear takes advantage of weaknesses or hurts and traps people in what I call the what-if jail. Well, what, what if that happens to me? What if the plane does crash, Pastor Todd? You don't know. I don't know. We don't know what's going to go on in our life. Getting out of bed is a risk. I, I don't know if you've noticed that. What if I speak and people make fun of me? What, 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 if, what if my new friends turn on me like my last friends? You see, if we're not careful and we're living under a spirit of fear in our life, it will begin to destroy all of those good things that we have. Because fear loves feeding on the negatives of the what if, and it keeps us from seeing the, pos- the potential for something greater, positive. It becomes a thief choking away our peace, even our joy. You see, one of my favorite things when I talk about choking, it can become all-consuming. One of my favorite berries are raspberries. Do you have any other raspberry lovers here that you just, you just like raspberries? See, if I, if I get jam... It's, it's raspberry jam 90% of the time. That's, that's my go-to. If I go to Cobb's, you know, for a, a Danish or something, man, I look for the raspberry Danish. That's kind of, that's, that's my thing. It's, it's, it's what I'm all about. I just, wow, love raspberries. But for anybody that is an, uh, an avid gardener or maybe a farmer, you know this about raspberries. If you let the raspberry bushes grow unchecked, they'll take over everything. They'll dominate Everything. They're just, they're, they can make things not good for you. Even if you love raspberries, you won't like that many raspberries. Because if they're allowed to grow unchecked, they'll squeeze out everything else. You see, as when we have unchecked fear as well, it will grow rapidly if we don't take care of it. <clears throat> Squeezing out our life, that God's promises and plans for our life. So what do we do with fear? How do we, how do we deal with fear? Number one, I want to give you the first point today. Stop feeding fear. Don't feed it. Be careful not to feed fear. What is it that you're giving power to? Well, how do we, give, how do we feed fear? When we confess fear, dwell on fear, give in to fear, it grows larger and larger and more powerful. It's like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the analogy of the, the cute little lizard that grows into a dragon. You know, you feed the lizard, it grows. It grows into something now that you can't control anymore. You see, what are you giving power to in your life? What is it that you give power to? Is it negative thinking? Is it, is it, is it fearful thoughts about things? If you give power to it, it will continue to grow. You see, here's what we need to understand about life. You will either feed fear or you will feed faith. Oh. Well, what, what is faith? Well, I could preach for months on faith, but I'm going to give you the most simple, basic 
definition. It's three words. It's three words, and I want you to remember this when people talk about, well, Pastor, what is really faith? Here it is. Are you ready for this? Faith is this. Jesus is bigger. Come on. Jesus is bigger. You see, the currency of God's kingdom is faith. It's, it's how he functions. It's how he operates. It's how prayer is answered. It's how things are defeated. But it starts with this understanding. You've got to have this if you're going to have faith. That number one, here it is, the central thing. Jesus is bigger. Bigger than what? Everything. He's bigger than our problems. He's bigger than our doubts. He's bigger than our sin. He's bigger than fear. He's bigger than COVID. Hallelujah. But fear and faith cannot coexist. They they, they can't be together. You have fear, you're not living in faith. There's no way. It doesn't work that way. It, It can't happen. And I believe this, that COVID has brought a new level of fear to people. For many, too many, unfortunately, it has become a primary focus in their lives. And here's what I want you to understand when I talk about this. I'm not saying that COVID is not a real sickness because it is. I know people have been impacted by it. I know people have had it. It's terrible. They tell me, man, I was really sick, Pastor Todd. I'm not saying that people are not dying from COVID because they are. What I am saying is that COVID has become a monster that has been allowed to control way more in our lives than it should. Because COVID is being given more power than it deserves. It feeds on our fears both physically and spiritually. Did you know that the, in the, the Bible, the phrase, fear not, is spoken 365 times? 365 times. Well, that's, well, that's, isn't that like 365 days in a year? You mean God, in his wisdom, knew that we would need to hear that maybe that every day that we needed to make a faith declaration that we were not to fear? Why? Because he knew that fear would be something that would be trying to take over our lives, our thoughts, and our minds. Now, leap year, you're going to have to read one an extra time. That's okay. But every day, fear not. You see... Fear produces bondage where faith produces freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, For the Lord is spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I can tell you right now where people are living by the fruit that is being produced in their life. Are you free? Or are you afraid? I'm not saying that there aren't moments where we kind of go, Ooh, I'm not... that's, that's serious. That can be scary. But does it control your life? Does it dominate your life? Is it, is it make, or is it controlling the decisions that you're making? That's what I want to know today. Because I believe this for some here that are listening, COVID has become bigger than God in your life. And I believe God wants to break that. Or it has unintentionally become your God. Determining what you do how you think, what you believe about your health, your future, your, the church. You see, we're, we're, we're off mission. I shared last week that what is our mission? Our mission is to see that the gospel of Jesus, that the love of Jesus is being preached to people everywhere, that we're seeing people grow in Christ. You see, if you're so focused on, on fear, you're so focused on COVID, we can so much forget about what we're doing in our life, that we're fearing for our survival. That's bondage. That's not freedom. You know, I was thinking about this day. What are things that I'm really afraid of? 
I'm afraid I'm, of not reaching my full potential. I'm afraid of missing out on, the, on a move of God. I'm afraid of wasting days with worry. I'm, I, I, I'm afraid of seeing people miss Jesus and spend eternity in hell. I'm not afraid of COVID. I'm not afraid of it. So then how do we defeat it? I've already told you this one, and I'm going to repeat it again. First of all, we, we make God bigger. We make Jesus bigger. We must get through the devil's smoke and mirrors and understand that God is bigger than fear. David was able to, to, to defeat the giant Goliath, not because he was, more, that he was stronger than him or more skilled with him in his weapons. The way that, G, that David was able to defeat Goliath was he understood this very important point, that God was bigger, that God was bigger than Goliath. And when he saw the, the Philistine cursing God's people and he saw him speaking threats, he wasn't afraid of what the giant was saying because he knew this, his God was greater. I'm here to tell you today that your God is greater. We can break the power of COVID and any other challenge when we believe that God is greater. Thirdly, how do, we, how do we defeat fear? We need to embrace more of God's love. We've got to be filled with his love. Genuine love is free from fear. That's what 1 John 4.18 says. John wrote this, the, the Jesus' beloved disciple said, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we're afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. What is perfect love? It is love that is focused by, on Jesus. It is, it is birthed in Jesus. It is a love that has been purified through the fire of self-sacrifice. It's where we lay down our lives for other people. We take our eyes off of ourselves. We put it on Jesus. 2 Timothy 1.7 says it this way, and it adds a few other things to it. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and of self-discipline. Hallelujah. See, what God is saying is, look, I have not given you a spirit of bondage. You know, you're not prisoners. You're not called to be prisoners. You're called to be free. You're called to be free. And when I talk about freedom, I'm talking about that place in our, where, where we're free in our hearts. We're free in our way to, to see things. It doesn't mean that we don't have to deal with certain things. I'm not here to talk about mask or no mask or shots or no shots today. What I'm here to tell you is that God wants you to be free in your heart. Have you ever been so afraid that you become terrified or frozen? Unable to move? I believe God today wants to give people the freedom to move. I believe God wants, today there's a breaker anointing that he wants to break fear off of your life. So how does God do this? Well, Timothy, or Paul wrote to Timothy, first of all, he's given us power. The Greek word for power is the word dunamis. Well, the word dunamis is also where we get the word for dynamite. Well, when you think about dynamite, it's not something that's simple. It, it, it's explosive. It will, it will blow up. God wants today to say, you have the power inside of you to blow things up. Now, I, my, growing up, my favorite holiday, I'm, I'm from the States, with the, was the 4th of July. I love blowing stuff up. I still do. I had somebody come up to me after the first service and said, hey, I like blowing stuff up too. We should get together and blow stuff up sometime. 
through the Holy Spirit, we need to understand this. We have dynamite or miraculous power. Can I hear an amen? We have the power to work miracles. We have the power to, to confound our enemies. We have the power to overcome trials. And here's what we also have the power of. And this isn't quite as everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The power to do what is right or to make righteous choices. God gives us the power through his Holy Spirit. But here's what I know. Most of us don't understand the power that we possess. You see, fear usurps power or wants to uh, usurp our power by creating an impression in your mind that you are somehow powerless. Nothing can change. We're too weak. I can't stand up. I can't do this. It's a lie. You see, that's why we need to understand the Word of God, the Holy Spirit leads us to the Word of God. And there are scriptures that tell us who we are in Christ. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Can I hear an amen for that? God's given you power. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. That's power. That's us taking our authority. See, I want you to understand today, you are powerful. Amen. Come on. You are powerful. And Jesus wants to release that power in you. You have the same resurrection power flowing through you that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Come on. Come on, believer. That's good stuff. Mm. And here's what you need to know. Fear, the giant of fear is shaking in its boots that you will discover this power. Well, we're getting it today. Then he talks about love. Now, we, we need to understand, I want to def define this because we need to be filled with love. This all, the, the power, we, God wants it to be surrounded with love. The, the love that Paul is declaring that is inside of not only Timothy, but inside of each one of us. You see, there's different kinds of love. There's friendship love, which is called phileo love. There's uh, romantic love, which is called eros love. But, but the love that we are supposed to have inside of us or is inside of us through Jesus is called agape love. It's a love that comes because of who Jesus is. And it's available to all of us. It's a supernatural love that goes beyond our natural ability. But it's given to us by God and it's available to every person. You see, this love allows us to focus on God's strength and God's power instead of our fear or our problems. You see, it allows us to hear properly. We heard today, Pastor Jan was saying that you would see, that you'd see things. It allows us to hear properly as well, that we're not filtered by skepticism. It allows us to believe again. What is belief? That God is good. It allows us to hope again that we have a good future in God. Come on, I'm telling you, you have a good future. You have a good future. The future is good if you trust in God. It doesn't mean that we won't face difficulties, but our future is good in God. It allows us to endure all things, disappointments, dysfunction, and other challenges. Why? Because his love will never leave us or forsake us. It allows us to stand on his promises, renouncing the lies. But here's where I'm going to end, and I'm going to invite Margo to come up here. That, that, that the third thing that Paul wrote to Timothy was that, it's, that we can defeat fear because we have self-discipline. The real proper definition of that is self-control. What does that mean? It means we don't need to give in to fear. God gives us the power, the strength, and the authority to have self-control. That is why it is important to never fully yield to fear, that we keep battling, that we keep fighting. 
I'm going to say this. It's a powerful thing. I felt, I felt it. I felt the pressure of it. Even this week, it was almost tangible that I could reach out to it. And sometimes, even in my own spirit, I want you to understand this, that, that, that sometimes it's not just we, we make a claim here today and tomorrow we forget about it. Sometimes when we're talking about not yielding, we have to keep standing on the promises of God. We've got to keep claiming the power of Jesus Christ. We've got to keep using the power of the Holy Spirit every single day, sometimes every hour of every day. Can I hear an amen? Amen. When we tap into the Holy Spirit, we have self-control or the ability to take captive those thoughts that don't belong. We have the ability to say, no, I'm not going to agree with that. We have the power to remove fear and throw it out of our hearts and keep it from gaining control. But we have to take responsibility, and that's a word we don't always like. Because the Bible says that where sin abounds, grace abounds so much more. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. God is with you today. God is with you today. I love what David said in Psalms 23 and verse 4. He says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what? I will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. God is with you. You know, maybe this, this afternoon now, maybe you're in a place where you feel like you're in the valley of death. It's been around you. You just feel dead inside of your heart. Maybe fear is trying to restrict you and you're struggling with this, I believe today God wants to help you. I believe whether it's in, a, in its root form or it's, it's taken root, God wants to break this off of your life today. Maybe you're struggling to have faith. Maybe there's things where you're like, I haven't been acting in faith. God wants to help you today. I don't, I don't it doesn't matter whether this is something that's uh, impacting you in a small way, or you feel like it's in a large way, I believe today God wants to break the spirit of fear off of us. Can I hear an amen for that? So I want to ask you, I'm going to ask people to bow their heads and close their eyes for a second. If, if this is something that's been a challenge for you, if you're struggling with fear in some area of your life, and you're like, Pastor Todd, I don't want to live under the power of fear in any way. I want it, whether it's a small root or it's a big root. I want to see it broken. Would you raise your hand today? I want to pray with you. I want to pray over you. I believe there's more of you here today that have been battling with this. You've been afraid of certain things. Lord, you see every hand that's raised here today. Lord, I thank you for each one of these wonderful, precious people, God. I declare right now by the blood of Jesus, I declare by the blood of Jesus that fear would be broken off of their lives in the name of Jesus. I declare freedom in your life today. I declare freedom over your heart, freedom over your thoughts. I pray for clear thought processes in your mind today that you'll be able to see more clearly than you've seen in a while. We break the power of fear and it's lies. It's lying spirit. It's a lying spirit. And Lord, we pray that truth would, be, would reign in people's lives. And Lord, that you would, you would empower each person here today with more of your faith. 
Lord, I don't care if, they, if everybody doesn't hear anything else today, but Lord, that would go through their heart and their mind. They'd be like, what's that definition of faith? God is bigger. Jesus is bigger. Jesus is bigger. Some of you, that seems to be something you get up every day saying, Jesus, you're bigger. You're bigger because God's going to give you more faith. And with fa- without faith, it's impossible to please God. You see, it's with faith that we can overcome everything. And Lord, I pray that a spirit of faith would be released over people in a greater measure today. Lord, I stand here and I stare at COVID and I break its power over people's lives. I break its power over their hearts. Lord, I declare that that spirit will be defeated in the name of Jesus. That sickness will be defeated in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray, Father God, that we will come a place where we will break through its power, its grip, and Lord, people will walk in freedom and liberty. Heal those who need healing today, God. Heal those who need healing. Lord, heal those who are facing sickness, they're battling sickness. I declare healing over your life today. You don't have to fear sickness. Jesus is bigger. Lord, I pray for those that are facing financial challenges. God, you would touch them. Lord, they would declare Jesus is bigger. I pray for those, Father God, that have relationships that are strained. I tell you today, Jesus is bigger. Lord, I thank you for every person here today, God. And we declare, God, you are bigger. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to ask one more thing before we go, before we dive into our team train for those who are going to stick around for that. You know, the key to everything that we talk about, what we want to, when we talk about getting back to our mission is understanding that people need Jesus. And maybe you're listening, whether it's online or you're in this auditorium, and you realize you don't have a relationship with Jesus. It all starts with him. What allows me to stand and say, I'm not afraid of this, is because Jesus is standing with me. And if you'd like Jesus to stand with you in your life, if you'd like Jesus to help you overcome and you've never accepted it into your life, would you just pray this prayer with me? Let's pray this together. Jesus, I confess that I've sinned. I ask you to forgive me, to free me. Help me to become like you. I thank you for your death, burial, and resurrection. And I receive your free gift of eternal life. You know, if you made that declaration, you you believe that in your heart, the Bible says that you're now a new creation in Christ. We want to welcome you to a greater family, the, 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 the family of God that you're a part of now. And I want to ask you to do two things. First of all, let somebody know. Let somebody know. Tell somebody, hey, I prayed that prayer today, or I, I made Jesus the center of my life. That's where we have our confession. But secondly, I'd ask that you'd reach out to us at info at eastsidecitychurch.ca. That way we can help you grow in your faith. We have people and we have materials and things that we want to give to you to help you on this new part of your journey.